Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome back to Headliners, where we look at tomorrow's news today, or rather tonight. And of course, you might be watching it tomorrow morning. But anyway, Friday morning's news. Joining me tonight are comedians Scott Capuro and Nick Dixon. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Mm. Again, uh, Nick and myself, sartorially appropriate. Scott, bust in from some sort of tennis resort in Florida. Well, it's golf season coming up, isn't it? Oh, so is I'm it? Just, I'm, You're I'm, just ready to spring into action? I'm dressing like the viewers. Nobody else wears those little lacrosse uh, alligators anymore. Do you, do you have a little, like a load of them on a, on a, a roll? I have every colour. Peel them off and yeah. stick them on there. I have shoes that match. I have do one you really? I wear a jacket over it. But Scott's really flexing here because he's showing... He's so high status, he can just wear anything. Yeah. That's the Zuckerberg move, isn't it? It is, of well, course. Yeah, I was right. just in Portugal. I'm just showing off my tan. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Wearing a tie now, I feel like I'm at the bottom of the rung. Anyway, <laughs> let's see what they have in store for us on tomorrow's front pages. We start with the Daily Mail, as usual. 91,000 civil service jobs to be axed. That is at least a break from the tradition of having Keir Starmer's beer on the front page. <laughs> and 50 signs you may be menopausal. One of them... Uh, being presented there by Mariella Frustrup. Uh, Friday's Daily Telegraph has Frost PM must brave it out over protocol and COVID effect on young people will be in inquiry spotlight. Uh, but the picture is, of course, is from Wagatha Christie, which we will be looking at later, which is really what we're interested in. <laughs> the Independent has revealed whole the heart of our galaxy. There it is, the first ever successful photograph of the supermassive black hole, not just a regular one, a supermassive black hole at the heart of the galaxy. And EU accuses Britain of blackmail over protocol. A bit of a black hole blackmail double there for the Independent. The Guardian has US team flies in amid fears of Northern Ireland deal. White House calls for courage to solve impasse on protocol. <laughs> and Friday's Financial Times has tethers peg to the dollar snaps as fragile stablecoin market takes hit. Who knows what any of that means? Well done. And BP's <laughs> pledge to plough profits back into UK fails to quell calls for windfall tax. There's a certain sort of poetic rhythm to some of that, but that's about <laughs> as much as I can get from it. Friday's Daily Mirror has Partygate scandal, home of UK's worst COVID lawbreakers. A hundred fines now issued for people in power who made the rules. That certainly is quite astonishing. Friday's Times has Tories risk losing next election, Hunt tells PM. And former cabinet minister won't rule out leadership bid. He was one of the last two, I think, last time when Boris won. So he might be the man. Friday's Daily Express has defiant trust. Not a new product, uh, an adjective and a foreign secretary. will rip up Brexit border deal. Uh. And the Sun has She's Dame Debs, honour for brave Deborah Campaigner Inspires Nation. This is, of course, uh, Deborah who is uh, Dame Deborah who is confronting uh, mortality. Friday's Metro has shot in the back 
referring to the footage of the Ukrainian man who was shot by Russian soldiers. And the Daily Star finally has worlds gone nuts. Keep your hair on. Tribunal decides calling man a baldy is sexual harassment. Well, I suppose sooner or later we'd get there. Let's dive into the confusing workings of that any minute now. So let's start with Northern Ireland, which is back in the news again. Nick, I can't imagine it's going to set hearts racing, but we need to get through it before we can get on to Wagatha Christie. Yeah, it's about the, the third time I've covered this. I seem to be turning into the island expert, but it's, mm. it's, it's, it's grinding on. I mean, so that, now the EU says uh, Liz Truss has spurned its offers on the Northern Ireland Protocol. That's in the Times. So essentially the DUP won't do anything until this protocol has been sorted, but Liz Truss is blaming the EU saying they're causing unacceptable disruption to trade. They're blaming her, mm. saying she's not taking the opportunity to explore fully the flexibilities the Commission has presented, which is the EU way of saying F off, basically. And, uh, and so it's, it's stalled. And now, of course, the Biden administration has weighed in. Mm. If you weren't sure which side to be on, just pick the opposite one to them. Always works for me. <laughs> and they've criticised the UK for its threats to unilaterally override the deal, which, of course, Truss is saying she's going to have to do. And apparently Biden's even on the verge of appointing a special... U.S. envoy to Northern Ireland. Uh, so that will be fun. So that's essentially where we're up to with that story. Bi- so Biden, is, uh, Biden is pro-Ireland. Of course, he has a lot of loyalty. But I believe there is a little bit of back, back channel opening up between Biden and the EU as well. I think there is possibly a little bit more balance. It, what, it, it, the White House is in a difficult position because it's always been uh, pro-Ireland, pro-Republic of. Yeah. And it's always wanted to see that island... Un, uh, unionized, yes, as it were, and uh, unionized is not quite the word. But uh, I mean, yes, uh, unite as it, yeah. But I think also he 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 sees a chance for himself to step in and make a name for himself in something he thinks he can win. Biden, yeah, exactly. Oh, you think? And the so? people around him too. Yeah, he's got some very strong congressmen who have um, direct Irish ties who want to see this problem settled and solved. And, yeah. and it's, I'm I'm as confused as most people about it. Yeah, I'm told at points. Here and there, that there's a hard border that there isn't. I'm not quite sure what that means. Well, there's anyway. currently a border in the middle of the North Sea, which is, is. not the North Sea, the Irish Sea, the North Sea. That would right. be inconvenient. Nobody really knows what that means. Right. I don't think nobody really understands what that means. Do there's the obviously ships, nothing there. No. Well, no. do the ships stop at some point? Well, and, and someone boards a ship and checks all their yeah. paperwork. There's a ridiculous sort of pretense that, right. that, that Northern Ireland and, and the United is part of the United Kingdom, but that there is some sort of. Uh, uh, a customs barrier that, that that occurs. They're being treated differently than the rest yeah. of the British, yeah. is what Liz Truss is saying. And it does put pressure on in a United Ireland direction. And the funny thing is, as far as I can tell, is that um, the North would probably, actually, if it got a chance, vote for that now. And the South is not that keen. The South I think doesn't it want to go the other way around. Yeah. yeah. If I work there a lot. I'm going there a couple of weeks as well. And mm. the people, my, my friends who live there say we're not really interested. We've evolved in a certain direction mm. that the North hasn't. We don't yeah. want to drag them along. And also, they're seen as an economic uh, problem. Do you remember Stephen Sondheim sending the clowns? Yes. It's, it's that scenario, isn't it? <laughs> Northern Ireland waited too Finally, long. Finally, we're here. Yeah, that's you right. Any, yeah, exactly. You've gone on. Yeah, yeah. Anything you can't top Sondheim, I imagine, Nick, can you? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to take sides in the, any Irish conflict. It's a bit long been my rule because it's a bit too scary. But yeah. I'm against anything that the Biden administration does is my position. That's a perfectly reasonable, <laughs> uh, reliable um, <laughs> rule of thumb. Partygate back again. More fines have been handed out. Oh, again, it feels like it's uh, over familiar territory. But at least Johnson and Kerry are not among them this time, Scott. Right. And 100 fixed penalty notices have been handed out. 
you're right, those two were not in there, and nor was um, the head of the exchequer. But a lot of people were obviously 100. And it seems as though Boris is the boss mm. of all those people. Mm. And it seems as though he should be held as responsible as they are for their mistakes and their misbehavior. Well, he's been held to a degree of culpability, hasn't he? I think he's been, he's been put over the coals. Nobody seems to feel that it's, it's quite fair. I mean, I personally, I say a curse on all their houses, you know, mm. but at the same time, I'm extraordinarily bored of it. Yeah, yeah you right. know, There was yeah. an opportunity at one point possibly to bring him down. It didn't work. It's obviously a political calculation. I, I'm, I'm assuming the island will bring him down if they do unite. Oh, because that, then he'll have yeah. to rerun. And, lose, and, and the Queen will die and we'll lose Scotland, you know. Yeah. That, that will be... <laughs> it will be... That could all easily happen on his watch. I think she's kind of dead yet. already. But anyway, yeah, that might happen too. But I think this is... You're right. I think this uh, scandal... as it, I've just realised I've committed a capital offence. You have, I have yeah, encompassed yeah. the Queen's death. Which you're not allowed, I think you're still not allowed to do that. I may oh, have really? to resign on oh, it. Well, there'll be an um, apology after the break, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I just... Yes, um, we think you think she's human. But I, I, do, I do feel like this is kind of running its... It's, mm. it's, yeah, and I feel the same as both of you. It's, 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 we're now at the level of stories about people not getting fined. Exactly. That's yeah. how yeah. bad it's got. It's yeah. like these, yeah. the following people did not get fined and we're not at a party. Yeah. And I'm so over it. Unless Starmer resigns, which would be Bantz, mm. unless that it happens... It would be hilariously... I mean, it would be a big political call, but obviously you can see how it could work. He could bring him down with him, couldn't he? Yeah, that would course, be the intention. Be a chance for another party. It's but, the Queen's sacrifice. Yeah, but if it doesn't work and Boris just stays, then yeah, it yeah. looks even more hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both had to go. He does feel like the man who is sort of, uh, you know, standing on the soapbox, uh, declaiming left, right and centre and avoiding people just wrapping coils of rope around his ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, he's a very trusting soul. Moving on to tomorrow's Guardian, Sadiq Khan seems to be overstepping his power, to my mind here, Nick. Yes, Sadiq Khan launches commission to examine cannabis legality. If you've been on Twitter, you may have seen various photos of Khan sort of staring vacantly at cannabis plants. Yes. Someone had amusingly photoshopped some redness into his eyes, which I thought was quite funny. He's like but... the man from Del Monte, but in a slightly right. different <laughs> <laughs> greenhouse. Yeah. yeah, in a weird greenhouse. No one quite knows the point of Sadiq Khan, but he's over in L.A. seeing the impact of the city's decision to legalise cannabis, because L.A. is going so well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's homeless, they're all on drugs. He's like, let's see if we can copy that. And I suppose... <laughs> I love with, Los Angeles, fantastic. Well, there's nice elements too, yeah. but I'm just saying, if you're... I mean, I suppose if you're a star man, you've got to deal with all these stabbings. If everyone's stoned, they probably, yeah. it probably doesn't hurt as much when you get stabbed. That might be the angle. Yeah, I don't he's know. He's trying to promote the UK in the US as well, trying to get tourists to come back. Yeah. Oh, that stab. might work. Yeah. You know, he's not a terribly charismatic man, but I don't know, maybe he plays well. There was a picture of him on a street corner with Michael Bloomberg. Did you see that? Yeah. They're both about three feet tall. It was extraordinary. <laughs> they look like Merry and Pippin from uh, The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that photo of him in LA did look like he just had taken a hit, though, and just uh, you know, yeah. and said, I'm here in LA. It looked like he was. Kind yeah, of joining yeah. in. I don't trust yeah. like fact finding missions of that sort. You you learn more by going through Wikipedia or just watching a few YouTube. It's, it's videos. an excuse for holiday in LA. Yeah, he ridiculous. thinks he's got a safe seat. I mean, I wish Sean Bailey yeah. had done a bit better because he wouldn't be swanning off to LA. Yeah, with so many problems being, in London. You're right. If he, he was, was being smoking. kept a bit sort of uh, kept accountable, you know. He wanted to try I might weed, run. Too. I might run in London as mayor. What do you <laughs> think? <laughs> I think you should maybe get weed passed first. If people are high, they might vote for. Him. <laughs> I really feel like he sees the benefit of marijuana. A lot of countries in Europe see it too. Yeah. You know, Germany's legalizing it, others are. I mean, the tax. That's no argument that Germany's. Would you, you, you are pro, are you? I am, yeah. Yeah, but within any restrictions or just like open the floodgates? Just open. I mean, I think uh, for for weed at least, for now. And I I also think the jobs it creates, it also frees up so much time for the police. We're struggling to find people to pick our, you know, uh, bloody blackberries, aren't we? And and asparagus for coming, coming, like opening brand new. I'm not sure you should grow it. I'm not sure it grows that well here. And I, I, I know that. 
you know, there are climates that benefit better from it. But I think the distribution of it is, is just a great business. I think in this country, I could be wrong, but I feel like we have a slightly better model than they do in America. In America, they had the war on drugs for so long and they had absurd levels of incarceration and so on. And it was just totally out of control. And then they've kind of swung the other way and gone, actually, you can all smoke as much as you want and also live in a tent in one of our loveliest parks <laughs> and we will, we will pay you some... Do you know what I mean? It's just swung into this... Way. Whereas in this country, it's sort of understood that as long as you earn about 30k a year plus <laughs> and you hold your job down, you can smoke what you want at home. Well, it's, it's, gonna... it's not just at home, is it? If you walk around London streets, everyone's smoking everyone's anyway. High, yeah, yeah. And you get partly high just walking around London. That's yeah. no reason to legalise it. No, I, I agree say Peter you. Hitchens at home screaming at the TV because... It is a dangerous drug. It does, yeah. it does affect people. Well, it has definitely become more psychotic than it used to be, hasn't it? We yes, all remember when it was a bit of crumbly oxygen. I can't get out of bed now. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. We smoked some weed in, in, in Tahoe with my husband. I couldn't walk. It was so... And some people, yeah. I see them smoke it three or four times a day. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it does... It, I don't know about... The, I mean, the psychotic episodes are one thing, schizophrenia, whatever. I'm not an expert on that. But I, I can absolutely say, without any doubt at all, it is demotivating. Yeah. It, it dampens your urge to get ahead. And it makes it, you play know, video games. Well, our biggest problems are but the it, chronic ones, which we never discuss on this program. Things like productivity, which hasn't gone up in twenty years. But is it any more of a downer than alcohol? Like just, you know, alcohol's legal. Oh, it's, a, it's a much more of a dampener on the, no, on the economy. I, I think alcohol. We used to, to drink during the days that the empire was built on alcohol. <laughs> we developed things like port and India pale ale in order mm-hmm. to support the colonial project. Sounds right. We've got a story later about people going to Ibiza spontaneously because they were drunk. You wouldn't do yeah. that if you were smoking. No, wine. absolutely. There's yeah. a big difference. You'd save your Friday's money. Telegraph has some very live. <laughs> scenes from a northeast conservative club, Scott. This is uh, this is where your strimmer inquiry came yes, in. There was a, there's a blood-soaked death match wrestling event at the conservative club uh, in the town you mentioned, and um, the Durham counts. Uh, const- I can't that word. I tried to pronounce it with you earlier. Thank Constabulary, you. Yes, the spokesman is very concerned. Yeah, I think so. The, um, there's there's an ongoing investigation because the, the event turned quite violent. There's blood. Sprayed everywhere, or the various people in the front row. Smashing each other over heads with like uh, strip lighting units or something. Light bulbs, smashing glass everywhere. It was meant to be a friendly event for families, and there were kids (laughs) in the audience, and suddenly these guys were just beating the heck out of each other, and no one really knows why if they were cancelling a debt. This is kind of what happens when you, you know, make guns illegal. People start beating each other with light bulbs and garden tools. So there's a. Strimmer attack is quite. I mean, it, it, on the one hand, it sounds sort of ridiculous and clown-like. Does, on the yeah. other hand, it does sound quite nasty. Yeah, it's like a nasty <laughs> whippy thing. finger off of that. Head. But, I mean, you know, they're going to cancel the event altogether. There will be no wrestling matches at this venue from now on, which but is too bad. Have they just been sort of local, amateurish, you know, charity? Or there's not a touring act or something? No, there isn't, but they, like... there is a local wrestler named Benji, who, a B-E-N-J-I, yeah. who said he'd never seen such... Ultraviolence, and I think that sounds hot. It's like maybe the town <laughs> needs a bit of ultraviolence. Maybe that was yeah. that was necessary, you know, to get the ultraviolence is from bit. the Clockwork Orange, isn't it? Well, mm, yes. What do you think, Nick? Well, I think the more you suppress masculinity in the culture, it's going to spring up violently mm. in random places. Like I'm not Durham. sure garden strimmering <laughs> each other. Is no, it? this is <laughs> what's <laughs> happened. This is what this is what Peterson would say, Jordan. But this is um, <laughs> what is it about Durham? That's what I want to know. There was Barnard Castle, the, the yeah. Cummings. There was mm. Keir Starmer's Beergate. Now. It, they're having death well, you know, matches. I, I like the title, The Blood-Soaked Death Match. That yeah. is my favourite type of death match. What yeah. were you going to say, well, I've, Scott? I've, I've uh, played Durham. I don't know if you have recently. Um, Was it and Blood-Soaked? The Gala, the gala Theatre? Yeah, something Very like that. Nice it theater, got almost yeah. blood-soaked. A lot of the... Um, 
uh, men, uh, uh, men my age, are not working. They're at home while their wives are working. Uh, their jobs are all discontinued. They have yeah. not much to do. And One I of those people you see them walking around the women with huge bundles of sticks on their backs yeah. while the men are drinking right. silver vinegar. Exactly. Yeah. They're expressing yeah. themselves, yeah. I think. I used to live in Newcastle near Durham. I do think not having that much to do is a key part of this. Yeah. Like, what should yeah. we do, lads? Let's smash each other up with the lights and a, exactly. a garden strip. It's got the most beautiful cathedral in the world, though. It does. Know? So but it's resting on its own. the world, but in Britain, it goes that after. I'm, I'm a fan of a few others. But yes, it. it, it is quite it's very tragic. picturesque and and uh, and also perhaps a little bit. And it um, would have been funny but, uh, if um, if Keir Starmer was pictured in the crowd with a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've been there, you, all the students <laughs> run for their accommodation on the weekends. <laughs> they do because uh, the the crowds can get quite violent there. Right. Okay. Mm. So this is not that. unusual, I don't think. No. So. Okay. Well, Friday's Guardian. We will take us up to the break with this story. Mankind has got its first glimpse of the black hole at the centre of the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite exciting. Supermassive black hole, in fact. And and, uh, that sounds like how I would describe it. Sounds like the autocue's gone down and you're really... It's supermassive, (laughs) class. It's like when my wife calls things spendy. Yeah, it's It's 20 billion miles wide. Yeah, I don't know if we have a picture of it, but it kind of, it's a swirling thing. It looks much like the Eye of Sauron, if you've seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's a picture that's been sort of created. It's not actually a photograph or something. No, it's the best they could do. It's it's in movement all the time and changing. Yeah, that's kind of a common There's a kind of like an an eddy around the outside, which is traveling at the speed of light, very near as well. It's, uh, It's called Sagittarius A. And it's consuming only a trickle of material. So in contrast with uh, other black holes, uh, which apparently, which are sort of ravenous monsters like the M87 black oh, hole. Oh, M87 is a beast. Oh, oh out of control. This was my There's the Eye of Sauron. There I told is, you. Yeah. There's a more, more Eye of sauron one, but that one's okay. It, it, anyway, they put, it into, they put it sort of energy consumption into context. If Sagittarius A was a person, it would only consume a single grain of rice Every million years. Mm. Incredible wow. metabolism. That is Imagine having yeah. that. So it's a pretty stable thing, which I yeah. suppose is good since it's at the heart of our galaxy. You're going to avoid gluten, seriously. This is not sucking. This is more like a bath plug that's blocked up with hair. It's right? not a scary thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of <laughs> and there are lots of them. This one's a lot more chill than, than some of them. So, yeah, that's basically it. And I like yeah. the fact that the guy says... Uh, there's, I'm personally happy about the fact that it really drills home that there's a, definitely a black hole at the centre of our galaxy. I find that a, b- a bit metaphorically worrying, but, you know, the idea of a black hole at the centre of the galaxy. Well, it's right in the middle, that's fine, and we're quite on the long way out. And I remember when we first found out, I mean, Douglas Adams used to do stuff about this. We were on, a, you know, the western spiral arm of, a, you know, an unremarkable blue-green planet. But actually there's something to be said for living in the suburbs, isn't there? When it comes <laughs> to galaxies with super black holes in the middle, you know, kind of, it's yeah. an urban... You know, we're, we're a little bit away from that. Yeah. I don't know why people get, are so afraid of I mean, everything has to go somewhere and come from somewhere. I don't know why people are so terrified of it. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of passing through seeing what's on the other side. Do you, do, you, do you imagine you will end up there in death? Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you uh, mean? Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, either there or on a beach with seagulls eating my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've seen options. those movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one is it where they go through? A, is it Interstellar where he has to go through a black hole and he comes out the other side and he's on the other side of the wall watching his daughter... Fiddling about with a watch or something. Yeah, I hope Remember that doesn't that? happen. Yeah. I'm, yeah, there's that some, there's some quite fantastical thing. notions about what a black hole... I think it would shred you a little bit more than yeah, that. Yeah, you know, maybe, it would just yeah. be like a weird pop yeah. you know. I think I'll be all right. Get an immune system. You've trained for this. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we will be covering spying, Bitcoin and electric cartels. In the meantime, here are some words from our sponsors. See you shortly.
Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. With me, Scott Capurro and Nick Dixon. So kicking things off in the second half, second, third, we have The Telegraph. Millions of electricity users have launched a lawsuit against a so-called cable cartel, Scott. Is that yeah, the, these cables were uh, inflated in price and the uh, <laughs> cost was passed on to the consumer. Yeah. They're um, high-voltage and submarine cables that were bought by companies in, in Europe, Japan and Korea. Um, and the cables were part of a cartel that were trying to get as much money as they could, obviously. Yeah. And um, uh, the prices were inflated between 1999 and 2009. Um, and now people, customers that paid high price for their cable at that time want, want some cash. So have they, uh, like, realized spontaneously that they were getting ripped off? Has this sort of become a network of people sharing information? And- um, well, I think people saw that the National Grid and Scottish Power had struck settlement deals okay. with um, uh, a company in Italy that had been accused of overcharging them millions of pounds. And when that happened, yeah. consumers themselves started to research it and found out that they themselves had paid for those cables. In it a- might be like one of these things where lawyers spot a, a trend, or there's been a precedent set, and suddenly it'll be a bit like when people sued all the banks yeah. that missold the mortgage PPP. They might have approached your customers themselves and said, look what yeah. happened to you. What yeah. did you get out of this? So, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. well, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, as it develops, Friday's Telegraph again, and Bitcoin is in trouble. Nick? Yes, sinks. Bitcoin panic Perhaps. sinks cryptocurrency to below half its peak value. So... Uh, Bitcoin fell 10% in 24 hours to 26,401 dollars. Its record high was 68,991 in November. I mean, I bought in about 5k, but see, 20 is not even that low for Bitcoin. You know, it seems low now, mm. but it's not low in that in that context. I remember the beginning but, of the uh, lockdown and all that business. About March of 2020, I was vaguely aware Bitcoin was still around five or six thousand. Yeah, that was a good time. To, that was yeah. a good time to get it. It's yeah. not the best time because you're not, it's not the ultra rich time, but it was still okay. Yeah. But people are worried it'll go below twenty thousand. That's just like a psychological level that people don't like to go below. And it's it's a big question of Bitcoin. You know, is it a store of value or a bubble? You know, in the short term, it's basically behaving like a tech stock. So it's mm. gone down because all the tech stocks are down. Everything is generally down. But the argument the Bitcoin people will say is in the long term. You still want it because if, if cash is worth less and less fiat currency, which it is, yep. and if things like bonds are derivatives of currency, obviously, and if if anything, even things that produce cash flow are in question, if, if cash is not worth any, if fiat currency is not worth anything, so they say you still want the Bitcoin because it's a limited thing, it's a digital yep. real estate and so on. So I think the argument remains. I think long term people are still going to want to hold Bitcoin, and it's just a short. Have you seen the word they use? Is hodl? Hodl, of course. Yeah, hodl, which was initially a um, a typo by somebody saying hodl, and they meant to say hold. Mm. And they yeah, yeah, it yeah. Wrong. And so they they uh, retro. That's also one of the daughters, I think, of Fiddler on the Roof. Is that turned right? Yeah. Well, they retro. I don't know whether this one fits, but they retrofitted uh, hold on for dear life. That's what hodl right. is. There. Right. <laughs> when you see that, but I think the thing about Bitcoin is that over the years I've been aware of it, and I wish I bought in when I was first aware of it. You know, literally at cents. But um, it's, it's encountered various challenges, uh, some of them more serious than others. For instance, I think at one point the Chinese government banned it or they said there was going to be a crackdown or it became the talk was it was only really used by people for money laundering and selling drugs on the Silk Road and so on. And every single time it takes a hit, sometimes it takes quite a significant hit, but it has always come back up and it has always achieved greater highs. I mean, I remember when it's first massive run, you know, that everyone was really excited. It was about four years ago and it reached about 18,000 pounds. 
uh, around Christmas time. That was about four years ago. And then it slunk back down again and it went back down to about three and everyone went. Well, that went- was fun, but it's over. Two years later, it's up to 50,000, 60,000, and then it yeah. drifts back up down. What's happened in the short term, people with like interest rates going up, people have moved instinctively to sort of safer assets that they yeah. think are safer. But in the long term, you still got this question, what else can you invest in that's exactly. any more stable? The only thing I should add here, just for this story, is that the so-called stable coins have also gone down and there because they're tethered to fiat currency. But again, that won't really worry the hardcore no, no. Bitcoiners because they'll be like, yeah, of course yeah, they've yeah. gone down because fiat sucks and everything. It's a bit like, um, you know, modern art. Uh, and you think, modern art, it's a ridiculous bubble. You know, the prices that people pay for Andy Warhol paintings and this sort of thing. But it will just, it, it has never gone away. It never, you know, it, there are peaks and troughs. But even at times of recession, when you think money is just being sucked out, people are cashing in their loans. Some of these things just continue yeah. to, you know. I still wish I had more. I would be holding it. I bought a, a purely token amount, but uh, so I don't have to worry about it. But, I, yeah, yeah. I, I still hold, I would say. What do I know? Give me yeah, financial yeah. advice on the TV. No, I would always, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And you just ignore it and wait for it to come back again. It will yeah. go around, you know. I buy Depression-era pottery. Oh, that's But right. uh, it's, it's <laughs> all I'm allowed as a gay man. Didn't Elon Musk make a comment about some cryptocurrency and then it, it lost the its Doge value? The Doge, right. yeah, Doge to the moon. Right, yeah. and that lost he invented well, he that is, currency yeah. for a laugh anyway. Right, right. I don't think he invented well, currency. Invented but he, he identified it. promoted it a lot. And then he, yeah. Yeah. Well, he is the, um, he's the only person who can move the dial since Trump was taken off. But I think it's that kind of thing that upsets people about this sort of currency. Yeah. Is it how, how quickly it can devalue him just by one remark. Yeah. yeah. I think what you have to do if you invest in, in uh, crypto, whether it's Bitcoin or one of the small ones, is accept that it's hugely volatile. Mm. But if you're willing to sell at 10% profit, mm. that's still better than you'll do in most investments, yeah. you know, and it's very unlikely that you will have bought at the absolute top. Just mm. watch it go up and down like a roller coaster, and at some point go, right, that'll loop, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you're fine. Is spying ethical, or is it only something the Russians do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all, everyone spies. I think we found that out during Obama's campaign when he admitted that a lot of his progress uh, initially was done by, by people he'd hired to yeah. pass information on about him. Right. You know, and, and, and to watch his opponents and garner as much information about them as they could. In every interview he had, people were like, is he saying that his people spied? And they did, and we all do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to, to criticize Russia for what they've done in the last two years is ridiculous when we've kind of trained them in our own way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, MI6, uh, there's been a book written about and the, the behavior of, of traditional MI6 agents. And the question in the book basically is, is it moral? What we do? Is spying in terms of protection and safety and security, yeah. is it a moral issue or is it purely one that's political and social and we shouldn't really question it because everyone does it? Wow. Yeah. Is that, does that need discussing? Well, I think people are, I think people are asking, are we safe? How yeah. safe are we? Right. And, and I didn't. I didn't think they're talking about the quality of the job. I mean, I think everyone agrees. If you've seen, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a show on Apple TV right now, excellent about about MI5. But if you've seen the work that they do, I think we all agree that they do some pretty important stuff. But people are wondering how safe are we? I mean, they're looking at what's happening in, in Eastern Europe right now about the tank. You know, he he's threatening to roll the tanks into Finland currently. Mm. People are wondering, does NATO save us? Does spying help? Are we making things better or worse? Are we making people more suspicious of one another? We're spied on all the time by, by cameras that are facing yeah, us yeah. right now. Exactly. I'm not sure where you can draw the line. What do you think, Nick? No, I'm just going to add that I like the idea that Britain are the, the most fair of the spy world. Sort of like we don't dive at football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We've just got higher standards. So this uh, person who's written the book, Cecile Fabre, claims that 
there was pretty good evidence that Britain would make morally justified use of the information that they received, whereas uh, there was no such evidence that Soviet authorities would do the same. <laughs> As you were joking about in your intro, there, there is actually a claim about that. Yeah. And then MI6 have claimed that actually that's simplistic and doesn't take into account the world of real politics. So... I don't know. I like the idea that we're the fair spies. I suspect we are. I think you think that because you live here. But I think if you were a country looking in and who had suffered by some of Britain's actions in the past, you might feel differently. I think spying also may not have a respect for the sort of borders that we have. Yeah. Well, and, I and, and I think that spies actually see cultures as in conflict. Are you talking about... Your, so this is the ethics of whether or not it's OK for us to try and discover the uh, military ambitions of a, 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 a essentially a long-term enemy it would be nice, that we're I not think, actually at war with. Well, some of what the book says is... Ra- rather than... Sorry, just to clarify. Rather than the ethics of... Um, perhaps seducing and even marrying a woman who you feel might be a, a useful asset. So it's the ethics of actually destroying a single human life. Or, or do you well, see what I mean? Is that is that? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I, I think people wonder. You know, what is the point of any of it if we can't stop a war from happening in our own backyard? Yeah. And also, I think a lot of people would like to, especially because of what's going on around us right now, and because people are so entrenched in the internet, which I know is neither good or bad, but I think people are hoping that we can start celebrating our differences instead of yeah. seeing, them, seeing those as things that separate us. And I think people think that the sort of surreptitious behavior that spies are infamous for, it, it pulls us apart instead of brings us together. Just to briefly answer the charge of being biased to Britain, I fully admit that we're on GB News, it's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm glad, though, that you admitted that Obama uh, spied, because some people wouldn't admit that. And he, it, Trump said it, proved to be right, like, uh, like everything Trump Absolutely said. Absolutely true. Moving on to Friday's <laughs> Times, sexism is worse now than it has ever been. Do you believe that, Nick? Mm. I don't. I definitely don't. I don't suffer don't. from it as much as I... Uh, <laughs> as much as you like. As I get old. Actually, I suffer, I suffer from it way more, so it is, it is going up for me. But sexism is much worse now, says Aviva Chief Amanda Blank. So, and the idea is that... Um, now... She says that I'd like to tell you things have got better in recent years, but it's fair to say that it's actually increased. The more senior the role I have taken, key phrase, the more overt the unacceptable behaviour. So to me, it sounds as if not that we're more sexist than the 70s or the 50s or... You know, uh, more sexist as she's become chief Henry executive officer time. or something. Right, yeah. right. She's gone up there. She's coming up against competitive psychopaths the further up the yeah, chain yeah. she goes. And yeah. they're just saying anything to put her off guard. That seems far more likely to me. But I'm not denying her lived experience, even though I sort of am. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right, um, though. And that is interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, the fact that you call them psychopaths. I mean, that is a, uh, <laughs> a recognised phenomenon. Are they yeah, psychopaths or sociopaths? Because psychopaths like to okay. kill people in front of people. Sociopaths No, you okay. read this brilliant John Monson book, The Psychopath Test. Yeah. That there is some suggestion it's not proven that they do better in these corporate they also there was a uh, they made a movie called i think it was called the corporation which essentially made the case that corporations themselves which are essentially a, a, a legal fiction that mm. a company is a person are psychopaths they have to be psychopaths they are by definition a legal requirement they have to only um consider the benefit of the shareholders their right. their moral universe is so so exactly the same as that of a psychopath. They double down on their errors. They yeah. always do. And, yeah. and that is a psychopath. I mean, I, 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 I kind of, I'm in a business that's been accused of sexism all the time, you know, hospitality yeah. and showbiz. Yeah. And I was at a club the other night and I heard um, the club owner and a comedian discussing uh, women and 
all the, all the advantages of being a comic and something that had happened in Australia and how <laughs> lucky he was. The story was so, it's just, it, was, it was just disgusting. And I thought, you know, it wasn't even funny, the story, unfortunately. He's just bragging. And I thought, if I was a woman, I'd feel completely out of place here. Yeah. Not that that's sexist necessarily. But maybe but they think, wouldn't have told that story then. Mm, I think, or, or maybe it's they... generally acknowledged that women's stories are vastly filthier and more candid in those circumstances. They can be, yeah. yeah but I think that they withhold a bit more in, in, in yeah. certain public yeah. situations like that. Well, listen, I'm it's not saying it's acceptable that Amanda Blank is subject to this stuff, but I think you're right, Nick. It probably reflects not so much a change in the culture as her own ascension through the ranks. It, I'm surprised how thin-skinned she is by saying this. I'm surprised yeah. that she isn't accustomed it to it. It just seems more in the name, Amanda Blanc. She's there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... She's I'm, like, I don't know for sure, obviously, but just given everything we know about the culture, it just seems unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems yeah. more likely to be what I said. Anyway, she's doing okay. She's the head of one of the countries or indeed the world's largest insurance. Uh, she's probably a yeah. reptile herself. She's probably planted this story <laughs> think so. a, a long-standing enemy. Oh, God, Got perfect it. strategy. Friday's Daily Express now giving us a daily dose of real-life action here. Well, Scott. it's such a great story. This guy is on a small two-engine plane, the, the ones I love that my husband won't get on. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he, he somehow found out how to use the radio and he called and said, look, I'm on a plane. The 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 the, the, the pilot. The, thank you. Yeah, I, I sound like <laughs> the pilot himself. The pilot passed out. You on the plane. He's, he's become incapacitated. They're going to let me fly a plane. Uh, he's become incapacitated. I've, I don't know how to fly a plane. Well, and he, he, look, he's passed out or something. He had a stroke. He didn't. They haven't. I've read all the stories. They haven't mentioned Not the guy's cool. name for one thing. They, he remains anonymous. Who, the guy who landed the plane. No, I know the guy's name, but oh, I, I do know the guy's you name. You found it. Would you? Darren Harrison. Darren. I checked because I wanted to check. It was definitely a man because I had a point about it. I couldn't find it. But I haven't had to find out why the pilot. Yeah, I couldn't find out. He's flying from the Bahamas into Florida yesterday. Of course, it's Florida. Yeah, of course. Florida, man. It's always Florida, (laughs) that or Texas. And he landed the plane, and the man who, the traffic controller, I uh, said it was a landing, uh, he gave the landing 10 out of 10. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I would have been ter- It's amazing. Ter- yeah. What I love, we, we, we did a story a while ago on this show where there were, men were shown a deliberately useless flight simulator video where they learnt nothing. Then they were quizzed on whether they think they could fly a plane yeah, off the yeah. back of it. And most of the men said, yeah, I reckon I could do yeah, that. Yeah. Whereas the women said they probably couldn't. This yeah. proves that we were right <laughs> all along. We can do it. Darren Harrison can do it. He can just, no, no previous experience. A very small plane. And the traffic controller said he didn't know what, what kind of Cessna it was. He'd never seen that kind before. So he was really very helpful, but he did his best. Wow. The whole situation was just... If you listen to the audio, with fear. which I have, he says, yeah, yeah, uh, I've got a serious situation the pilot's incoherent I've got no idea how to fly a plane yeah. he's so calm uh-huh. I'm thinking is it because Florida's just mental or are they just so chill from the weather or has he just strangled the pilot in, <laughs> in fact is he's he a so psychopath he's a psychopath or is, is no, weed legal in the Bahamas maybe he's high I mean, oh. see, another benefit right. of weed right? it's Florida so the pilot was probably drunk but yeah. this guy's a total legend yeah. Well, I imagine he'll be uh, drinking out on that for some time. They'll name come. a bridge after. Be a that movie. is the end yeah. of part two, gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. Folks at home, coming up, we have bald men experiencing <gasps> real sexism, angry receptionists <laughs> and brown bananas. Uh, stay tuned. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. And welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, joined by Scott Capuro and Nick Dixon. So, 
Russia once again, uh, this time in the form of an app, Nick. <laughs> is this Russia or is it, or is it China? It's Russia this time. Actually, China. Moscow, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. Profile picture app everyone is using is sending data to Russia. Mm. So you might have seen annoying people or just generally people on Facebook changing their profile to a sort of cartoon portrait. Oh, of yeah, yeah. Now, I never do these things. You should never follow the herd. Never change your bio to a Ukraine flag no. or a rainbow. Sorry, Scott. What? Never do these things. That's so no, hostile. No, because... You shouldn't follow the sheeple. And, and I've been proved right by this story. So tens of thousands of people have added their uh, pictures to this, and it's called New Profile Pick App. But now it turns out that, that um, because of a leaked database, that this is a line rock investment, and it's based in an apartment complex overlooking the Moscow River beside Russia's Ministry of Defence <laughs> and just three miles from the Red, Square. the Red Square. So at the moment they know it's a, it's a Russian business, mm. so that's dodgy, but is, is there any suggestion that your data is ending up in the hands of the Kremlin? I'm going to move on to that. The, uh, don't worry, Sam. The, the, uh, well, so someone said, uh, you know, they're capturing people's faces in high resolution. Why do you need that amount of data? Yeah. And... Uh, and um, I mean, I would question that. For, if you remember the late John McAfee used to say, if there's a free app on your phone, it's probably doing something dodgy because yeah. why are they just giving you a, a torch? Or well, I'm but, sure it's, it's a well-known phrase now, but I remember when I first encountered it, if you're not paying for it, you're not the customer. You are the you're product. The product. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's really worth remembering. Now, of course, know. to answer your thing, they've, they've said, look, this is just uh, the manager that uh, is based somewhere else. It's um, the Moscow River was the address of the lawyers. And the address has now been changed to avoid any confusion. So they've moved. <laughs> you won't find those offices like Boiler Room or something. They've all gone. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, Snopes, who are always totally reliable, lol, says there's little evidence to suggest the app is any more invasive than any other apps. But I don't know. I still like the idea that it's, um, that it's sending stuff to Russia. Well, you know, That's there funny. is the possibility. I mean, it may be, you know, vanishingly uh, rare that they'll ever use it. But, you know, detailed facial recognition mm. systems, you mm. know, that is a big part of a surveillance state, isn't it? I don't know what yeah. they might be able to use that I mean, for. No, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you know, what are they putting this together for? Which is even scarier to not. I mean, there are people in Hong Kong tearing these cameras down on the, on the main street, mm. you know, because they're terrified of the extent of the control that the government have over them. And mm. meanwhile, we're just going, oh. Yeah. We're giving it away. It's been a small over a million times. Why? Just so you can do something silly with your face. And actually, those you can get like proper, well, I mean, say proper, but you know, there are Apple or Samsung or whatever approved apps that will have that same effect anyway, mm. you know. Working from home continues in some sectors. Uh, Jacob Rees Mogg <laughs> is not happy. <laughs> Uh, you cannot clean chimneys from home. <laughs> but seriously, Scott, what's he, is, he, is, he, is he battling with the, the civil uh, servants still, is he, I assume? Yeah, people are saying work is no longer a place, <laughs> that it's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's a social and, construct. Yeah, it is. Jacob Rees-Mogg has said, as we know, he said that he wants people back in the office, civil servants back at work, working what he thinks is harder. But the, the, the statistics show that people can be as productive at home. Do they know? Is it still controversial, well, isn't it? Well, actually, it's, it's also offset by the, you know, that commute. What it does oh, yeah, plan. yeah. So, so there's that, yeah, too. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, these people are, are claiming that they, they want to be thought of as something other than work-shy, inefficient, woke-agenda, latte-drinking liberals, which sounds wonderful to me. I'd love to be thought of yeah. that way. And I'd love to work a little bit less and be a little bit less chronic about producing. Um, so the, apparently the claim that... that uh, hybrid working brings increased productivity and a reduced carbon footprint uh, is accurate. 
Yeah, so. I guess that's so. Even so, I am sceptical that the same quality of work gets done. I mean, obviously, our jobs are slightly different. You yeah. me, but my wife is a. She works in PR. Mm. Uh, she has been working from home for years, but she does say you do need to get up and go in occasionally. It'd be nice. I mean? Well, this, that, like I said, this, the, the, they mentioned the hybrid. It, it would be nice if people yeah. could just go to the office once. A week, once every four or five yeah. days, you know, and then go back and then well, just I, check in. I mean, I, it depends how far you've got to go in as well. But my ideal is always, you know, if you go in four days a week and stay over, go in Monday, stay over Monday night, <laughs> come home on Tuesday evening and then do that again Thursday and Friday. You've only had to, you've only had to commute each way. Right. You see what I mean? Once yeah. a day, you, you, yeah, sleep, yeah. you know. It's, stay it's, over. Yeah, stay like over. Like sleep in your office? Well, well it depends that. how far out you are. I stay over it, when I'm in London doing right. this show, you know, because you can't. You yeah, can't you're stay over. Bit, but, uh, you, you have a very posh Yeah, situation. yeah, not think, everyone has yeah, that yeah, kind of situation. Sleeping in their car on the bus. Palace, yeah. True, yeah. <laughs> I love this idea that work is no longer a place. It's such an abstract defense. It's up there with there is no spoon. It's just like, it's so philosophical, but... Yeah. You know, I'd love to love a supermarket worker to try it. You know, it is a little bit of a privileged statement because mm. it's definitely works, definitely a place for a lot of people, yes. including us, like you said, but not that we're in a supermarket. But I also I can sympathize because commuting is so horrible. Mm. But I do think this is they are. It's, it's just funny to me how many people after COVID said we're just not coming back in. They yeah. just couldn't face coming. That's what it really is. You can you can philosophize and say, oh, it's no longer a place. It's more of a concept, guys. You don't want to go back into work after COVID because you got used to being at home. And, yeah. and I sympathize to some I think people. some people did want to go back into work and missed it. And I think some those did. are the people that mm. should be there. I think, yeah. you know, if the option is there, if you feel like you can get done what you need to get done at home, I think people would even take a pay cut to say I mean, I suppose the truth is none of us really know what a civil servant does all day yeah. and, and how likely it is to be. They're really good <laughs> at what they do, don't know what they do. <laughs> but, Maybe but, they could work in the middle of a supermarket, Nick. This is uh, another idea, which is a great idea. Now. Yeah. You know, also, a lot of IT people, I think, the reason the job appeals to them is because they're on their own, so leave them on their own. Yeah, that's you know? true. Sociopaths. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this is a... Uh, I said this was a good idea. I mean... It, it, I mean the opposite. It's a remote <laughs> workers bag a desk at their local supermarket in the time. So IWG is converting excess, excess space at Tesco for use by office workers. Mm. And, this, and this is a revolutionary new thing from their, uh, their CEO, Mark Dixon, who's the, the offspring of me and Mark Dolan, <laughs> uh, takes my surname of. Um, but um, so he's come up with this idea. We're going to... So they're going to put working space in, in supermarkets. And he's justified this by saying, what about in-store cafes? They were a novelty a couple of decades ago. Think of all the other things that you have in a supermarket today that you didn't 20 years ago. I'm amazed. I don't think this will take off. I mean, how fat would you get for a start <laughs> Yeah, that's supermarket? awful. You're right. It's bad enough and then all those announcements, working near the fridge. Like, ladies and you know, we're closing in 15 minutes. All the, all the constant announcements. The lighting is awful. The lighting in supermarkets is yeah. really depressing. But maybe we'll look like dinosaurs in a few years, and this will be the, yeah. the whole thing, people working in supermarkets. It's, it sounds mental to me. I went into Tesco today. I found it so depressing, and everything yeah. was moving so slow. I just It's the last place I'd want to be when I have to work. You know? Yeah, I agree. You want, you want a busy environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing of working from home came about because of the so-called pandemic but now that yeah. was the last place we wanted to be was a supermarket mm. yeah. Right? yeah yeah i go there's a, some nice big cafes i think that there is a new kind of uh like cafe which is created with the idea with completely like a power a socket at every table are, and so yeah. on they're totally on board with the fact that people are essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you charge it seems to me that there's quite a good system in place basically if you charge four quid for a latte instead of three quid You've kind of built in, you know, you're not going to hurry those people and shoo them away. Mm. Apparently, pubs were doing this. There was like, you could pay like 25 quid and stay the whole day and eat yeah. as much as you want and work there. That's a great idea. Yeah. But supermarkets, supermarkets, not seeing it. No, no. I might open up the spare room for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be gone by the time the Airbnb guest comes back in the evening. <laughs> 
Tomorrow's mirror has what seems to be the train journey from hell, Scott. Well, people were frustrated as passengers on a trip from Manchester Piccadilly to Liverpool when the train just stopped and all the electricity went out and there were no announcements made. And 45 minutes later, it was pure chaos. Uh, people were banging on windows. They were smoking. Children were screaming. They were demanding some sort of answer from no one. No one was there. And the lavatory had broken, I believe, of course. Well, there's that, yes. Yeah. And people started to urinate on the floor Ugh. and all it's over the sink. It's extraordinary how quickly we will devolve, was, isn't it? I, I yeah. They were on the train days, for a little over two hours, and it, be, it became apocalyptic. And, <laughs> and they, they eventually got in, and then they, did, they weren't brought to the station they were meant to be brought to, and then they couldn't get, some people didn't get home till one or two in the morning. And they'll never be the same. Uh, yes, they will never recover. Partly, yeah. it just sounds like a normal northern train. Day, but, <laughs> and I can say that, I'm from you there, are. so yeah, that's. But the, but I do agree with you. It's terrifying how quickly we descend without the immediate. Yeah, like, yeah. It turned into a JG Ballard novel. Like, uh, immediately. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, and my favorite one, sorry Scott, is just that, is that smoking came back. Yeah. There were passengers smoking. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're bringing back smoking. It's been 45 minutes. I, I need this thing. I like that's the lights amazing. out with smoke and kids screaming. But also, it did say too that that um, people people were. Uh, the one thing the guy said was it became a complete mess, a disaster. And people already, it was 9.30 at night. People were drunk already yeah. at 9.30, completely hammered. Well, that's what, but that's the problem. If you start that situation yeah. already, having had a couple, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got a bag with you, then it's you'll like, have a few yeah. more and then that will get worse. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have booze with them and, yeah. Oh, well. It's quite an interesting social experiment, yeah. though. I wouldn't be surprised if they try a few more of those. On to tomorrow's <laughs> Guardian. We have another prison love story. Now, this is actually rather revolting. It's horrendous. Levi... Belfield, prisoners, minister to review serial killer's appalling request to marry. There it is. Mm. So this is the, the killer of Millie Dowler and others. And it, it, it's horrific, it, but he's managed to request to marry. And now they're debating whether it's actually going to go ahead. It hasn't got... a woman or a man? Huh? He's, he's, mar- marrying a woman. he's marrying a woman. I couldn't find anything about her in the piece, uh. but in the Sun had referred to her as besotted blonde visitor. And she, she was blurred out, but she seemed to be yeah. a woman. You can't assume these days. But There are some people this, who uh, have some strange kind of attraction. To you, know, you see it with Ted Bundy. You see yeah. it with Richard Ramirez, all these serial killer ones. This guy is particularly gross. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that, well, all serial killers are pretty bad, but I'm amazed that, uh, anyway, as someone says here, the former Justice Secretary, Robert Buckland, Millie never got to see her wedding day. It cannot be right that he gets to have this. People will be rightly shocked. And, and uh, that he's able to form a relationship of this kind, absolutely. I Broken wing. Yeah. I wrote to Eric Menendez for quite some time. The Menendez brothers... Uh, killed both their parents in Los Angeles. Okay. And um, he, Eric, the younger of the two. Mm. And I communicated for a while. Did you? I just wanted to know what was going on in his head. And he yeah. wrote back. Right. Quite sweet, actually. He's, he's married now. That yeah. actually hurt my feelings. Uh, but she had time. She moved closer. She was really focused, much more than I was. Yeah, you were just playing. She ended our communication. Actually. I would um, castrate Belfield. That's my uh, view about uh, violent really? sex offenders and, and murderers. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't reinstate the death penalty, but I would quite happily I, I would. I would perform what, what, chemical castration. What's your rationale behind that? Because I think very often uh, it um, it's uh, it's the, the uh, testosterone is the root of the evil. Anyway, is that in his case the fact? Well, I don't know, but right. I'd be quite quite happy. I'd be to worth finding out first. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go for the death penalty. The, old, the older I get, the more oh, death God. penalty yeah. I get. But the only problem I'm not morally two things that stop me. Yeah, two you things know. stop me. One, giving the state that much power, and I'm not a fan of the state. And yeah. two, they make mistakes. So yeah. that's yes, pretty bad. You make one mistake, it ruins the whole thing. Scientists have finally done the impossible. They've stopped our bananas going brown, Scott. We can all relax. All we have to do, well, I don't know about relaxing. You have to suffocate the banana to make it not grow brown. If you're willing to kill a banana in a way, <laughs> it's already dead, I guess, anyway. But when you, apparently bananas, what the, the reason fruit turns brown 
or rots is because oxygen comes in contact with it. So people think putting it in your fridge is going to help. Yeah. It doesn't no. help really at all. And what you need to do, though, is put your um, bananas into not a cold but a cool container to help it maintain its temperature for a longer period of time. So it isn't really science, is it? It's just it's something we can have known for ages. My wife, I think, only buys bananas waiting for them to go off so she can make banana bread. She goes, oh, I used up those rotten bananas. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't buy bananas. Nobody eats the bananas. And then you make them into banana bread. Do you eat the bread, though? Yeah, good, well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's very tasty, but yeah, it's not it's good right. for you, is it? Well, is, is, I make it all the time. Is it bad for you? I have no idea. Well, I get fat, yeah. that's all. I don't care about this. I just want to do the bald guy before we... Okay. Bald oh. men have it tough, but we are now protected with sex harassment laws. Nick, go on. Yeah, yeah. So this is a bald man. He, he was... He was fired from the British bung company from the factory, and someone referred to him as a bold C-word. And then they uh, they ruled that this was sex harassment, not sexual, but sex harassment, because it was related very much to being a man. They admitted yeah. that some women are bald, like Jada Pinkett, they may have said. Yeah. But baldness is more prevalent in women, so it was... And I think this is great that bald men are hitting back. I feel like men didn't want this world of all these fairly trivial claims. No. But now the world's here. We're going to play and we're going to play to win. So this is essentially a hate crime, is it? It basically is, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is, isn't it? You, know, you never see bold romantic leads in movies, do you? We can yes, occasionally, you do. We can get to be an action guy occasionally, like Jason Statham. Statham yeah. There's so much prejudice against bald... I, Sean I Connery! As if I'm bald, I don't know why, but I just I identify with just the men in general. You're I'm, right hair. I'm struggling a little. So little. It, yeah. but, but I'm still there for now. Yeah, so well, you've all, you've My dad's bald, I see that... You know, I, I'm, I empathize with them now yeah. it's, in case it comes. My father and both my uncles are bald. They went bald at a very early age. They look at my hair like I'm a... Yeah, you're yeah, a freak. Yeah. Yeah, like, it is yeah. slightly annoying. Finally, <laughs> Prince William is breaking all the rules with a touch of love, Scott. This is our last story of the evening. Let's uh, well, William was on one of his walkabouts in Scotland visiting people, some of whom wanted to see him, some didn't. Yeah. And William Burns, 66, was overcome with emotion at meeting the future king and wept. And oh. William stepped out of his role as the Prince of Neverland, and hugged him, touched him. Yeah. So there you go. He broke another rule. And he and um, that thing he's married to, that cardboard box, who reproduces... What, Kate? Oh, How God, dare you. She's, she's lovely. She's horrible. And she she's plays her role to perfection. I won't no. a word against she's, her. She's, she's, a, she's a hoe. Anyway, the, the, uh, the, the two of them... <laughs> GB News. The two of them... That's outrageous. I want to... Um, imagine us going on American TV and referring to Megan that way. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Even though... Well, I want to say... The that. two of them want to change their names to whoever they are. They want to be called their names instead yeah. of Scum 1 and Scum 2. They want to be called Bill. It sounds like a nice story. Ten seconds of sounds like a nice story, but it shouldn't be allowed, because once you start hugging people all over the place, soon... You know, you've married the, yeah, someone yeah. from a mediocre well, legal job. And you're talking about white privilege and it's yeah, all over. It's over. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Thank you to my guest, Nick. Scott, you've been an absolute okay. pleasure and a, a, an absolute font of wisdom. Don't forget <laughs> to tune in tomorrow for more headlines with Mark Dolan. I've been Simon Evans. Thank you very much. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.